Hello and welcome to Road to the Garden. I'm Matt St. Jean, joined here by Tommy Godin on our first day of Big Eastmas. We got two weeks here till the Big East season starts. We're counting it down, going through all the teams, and we're going to finish the 12th day of Big Eastmas with a little league preview for you. So we set you up for the start of the year. We're going to start. With last year's last place finisher, we're going in reverse order of the standings from last year, which means the Georgetown Hoyas. Tommy, this is going to be an interesting one to go through. Yeah, the Georgetown is probably the biggest question mark in the conference, in my opinion. So we are starting off strong with our first podcast. That we are. So we're going to go through the roster of this team and what's changed from a Georgetown team that, quite frankly, was not good last season. 6-25 6-25 and 25 overall record, 0-19 and 19 in conference play, the first time that they've ever been shut out in conference play. Patrick Ewing now is heading into his sixth season as head coach of the Hoyas. He has a 68-84 and 84 record in his first five seasons. So that uh, that is where they stand there. We, we look at this Georgetown roster. Uh, they're losing some guys. Aminu Muhammad is... Kind of the the big piece there. He was a very talented freshman last year, opted to go play pro ball, and he's uh, probably the team's best player in a lot of ways last year. They're also losing Donald Carey and Caden Rice, two really good shooters. Uh, Colin Holloway, he was a almost ten point per game guy for them last year, but like you said, Tommy, big question marks here because of just how much they're adding in from the transfer portal. Kudus Wahab is going to be the big name returning after a year at Maryland. They bring in Jay Heath from Arizona State, Brandon Murray, who is the crowning jewel of this class when it comes to a young, talented guy who can come in from LSU. Akuka Cook from UConn, one of the three intra-conference transfers this year. Denver Anglin, Primo Spears, Bryson Mozone. A lot of names here. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff changing. I'm looking at the the almanac here for the projected starting lineup. What they have is Primo Spears, Jay Heath, and Brandon Murray in the backcourt. A cook, a cook at the four, and Kudus Wahab playing center. They got Dante Harris coming off the bench. I think he could absolutely be starting for them. Um, yeah, and Ryan Matumbo is a guy who could who could play into the uh, the playing time equation here down the bench. Lots of names on this team. What are your first impressions when you hear all of that and you look at this Georgetown offseason? Yeah, one of the guys I want to really highlight in this uh, starting five is the LSU transfer, Brandon Murray. He has three years of eligibility remaining. He will be more of an undersized three. He's only at 6'5", 214 pounds, but he will be a full-time starter. Uh, He's a capable shooter. He shot 33.6% from deep last year a good defender. His ceiling is as high as any of the transfers that are coming in um, to the Big East this season. He needs to refine his game to become a real contributor, Um, but he played more minutes than anyone else at LSU. He was only used on about 17% of plays, Um, but I think this move to Georgetown will be a real good fit for him. There's not as much pressure as there would be at LSU. He does have um, body language issues at times, but but Georgetown is definitely going to be a, a good fit and a fresh new start for him. Yeah, he's a young guy. I, yeah, the, the body language issue thing. He's he's an emotional player. 
and comes with a lot of good. It comes with some downsides. I think they got to work on him a little bit there, but he is young, very aggressive player, which I liked watching him. They play, they played an aggressive brand of defense in LSU last year. You could just see that in the way he plays, the way he's coached, the way he wants to get after it. He's probably the best player on this team, um, depending on what version of Kudus Wahab they actually end up getting. Akuka Cook is also a guy who was very talented. So your three, four, five there could be very good. There's some upside here in the backcourt. So it all comes together in interesting ways. We have the preseason Ken Palm rankings here reflecting that this is a team that should be improved. They finished last year 175th in the country. They're at 102 right now for preseason stuff, which obviously not good, but a significant, significant um, step up. However, they were they were voted to finish 10th in the Big East, a step up, but not great. Where did where did you have them? Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned that Brandon Murray is going to be the best player on the team, and the front court of a Cook a Cook and Kudus Wahab is as good as maybe the middle of the pack of the Big East. It could even contend for one of the better ones in the Big East. Um, but the guard play is going to be very questionable for me. Um, not a lot of depth there. Not a lot of star power. Uh, at the one, two spots. So last season, they finished in 11th in the conference this season. I have them finishing in the same spot. I mean, you could really flip flop Georgetown and DePaul in 10 and 11. It's really a coin flip, but the guard play is really the driving factor for me, uh, slotting them in at 11. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I had them at 10th. That's where the big East coaches had them, but there was not a huge gap between Georgetown and DePaul. And I think, just about everybody from the outside. I think there's probably three tiers when you're looking at the Big East and Georgetown and DePaul occupy that bottom tier. It's just the two of them. You can do a lot with, a, you can talk a lot about how you want to rank those two, the two of those, but I think it would be a surprise if either one ends up playing postseason basketball this year, at least in March Madness, which is uh, it's crazy to, to think that we're saying that about this Georgetown program at this point, at, at any point in history to say that Georgetown's not going to be playing in the postseason. You can already count them out. It's, it really is remarkable that we've gotten there, but I don't think we can count them out quite yet. No basketball has been played. Lots of new guys. We'll see what happens. There's upside, but still, I think 10th place feels about right for where this team should be. Now, when you look forward at this, this season, what do you think is the single biggest question that you have for him, for this team? I mean, this team itself is a question. I mean, just looking <laughs> at this, this roster, all these new guys coming in, coming back. Um, I, I think the biggest question mark is what are they going to look like? They have seven transfers coming in. They lost four of their top scorers. Patrick Ewing is a question mark. You brought up his record earlier in the show. Um, what are they going to look like? It has to be the biggest question. How are they going to compete? With that middle tier, you have your Creighton, Villanova, Xavier, UConn, top four slots locked up. Georgetown and DePaul are the bottom two tiers. And then there's everyone else. What are they going to look like when they play that middle of the pack in the conference? Yeah, I think that's spot on right there. It's everything about this team. (laughs) This program, in a lot of ways, is a question mark right now. And I don't think anybody has any idea what direction this is going. Uh, we're going to talk about what success looks like for this team at the end, but that's, I mean, it's just everything is wide open. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to look at the season as they, as they start to figure this out, 
figure out who they are. We want to identify, we each are going to pick three games here on the schedule that we think if you're tuning, if you just want to tune in and get an idea of who Georgetown is this season, these are three games that you can watch and try to start to get a picture on who they are. So Tommy, I'm going to let you go first here. What's the, uh, what's the first game that you got on your list? Yeah. So the first game on my list is their only nationally televised game. It's going to Saturday game on December 10th and it's at Syracuse Uh, more so for the storyline than for actual competition. Um, Although they did beat Syracuse last year, that was one of their six wins. They went six and 25 and Syracuse was one of those wins. But I think for the storyline of bringing back the old big East uh, Georgetown, Syracuse, better rivalry. I think that that will be at least a fun one to watch for some of our, some of our older big East fans. Um, What's your first game? Uh, well, I'll just say I had that one on my list as well. The, like you said, the only the only national game that they get in the non-conference schedule here. Yeah. And which is, again, talk about you know, you'd never expect to be saying that about Georgetown. And here we are. That's a huge game. I, I, it's hard to say it's a must win when it's on the road. But I think we're going to find out a lot about what this team is made of and whether some of these veterans can help them out uh, and just the cohesion of the team. I'm going to throw in. I'm going to go a little bit earlier on the schedule. I'm going to one game that's in just three weeks here. Their Gavit game, Gavit tip-off game at home against Northwestern, November 15th. It's a Tuesday night there at Capital One Arena. Northwestern is a program that has really struggled at points recently. They're losing a lot of guys this offseason. This is the opportunity for Georgetown to actually get a, get a good win on the resume. This is a winnable game for them. And... It'll, it'll be a nice measuring stick. I don't know if they're going to be favored in it, but this one, they'll have a chance to win. And I think most importantly, this is a game you can't get blown out. You have to be competitive. If you make all these moves this offseason and can't be competitive in a game like that, then you gotta you got a lot of growing to do in just a couple of weeks before Big East play. Otherwise, you might be looking at another zero in that win column come yeah. March. And that is not a not a place that this program can can be in. What's what's your second pick? Yeah, my second and third pick are both conference games, and all my picks are in December. The next one is a Tuesday night game uh, at UConn. Um, rolling off kind of my first pick of the storylines, uh, this is going to be a Cook of Cooks return to UConn. It's going to be a good storyline to at least for this game. You know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Georgetown. Um, but it'll be fun to watch. We're picking out games that will be fun to watch for them. And that one will definitely be emotional. And the last game I have uh, is actually not a storyline game. It's a competitive game. At least it should be, I hope. On Right after Christmas, right before the New Year's, 12-29 at DePaul. This is the battle of the basement in the Big East. I think that if Georgetown is competitive, Georgetown could win this game. Georgetown could finish number 10 in the conference. If they're going to finish anywhere else other than 11th, they need to beat teams like DePaul. They need to beat teams like Marquette. They need to beat teams like Butler at least once, at least when they're at home. So I think that game at DePaul, if they could sneak out a win would go miles for not only their program and the direction of it moving forward. I think it would um, look good in the standings. Yeah, that's a and that's a huge, huge, huge game for them. Trying to get any any wins over DePaul, uh, if, if they can sweep them, that'll go a, a long way towards getting out of the basement of the Big East. 
my last game here. I'm looking ahead a little bit into late January here. Their last game in January. It's Georgetown at St. John's. A Sunday um, during during NFL playoff season too. This is probably one of the uh, one of this might be during Pro Bowl week or I think this is actually Championship Sunday in the NFL. This game is going to be on. They got a game at Madison Square Garden against St. John's. It's a classic battle right there. Lots of fun stuff, fun storylines with them playing in that game. Patrick Ewing coaching and all that. And this is, I think, kind of where you check in to see where Georgetown is at that point in the season once you're that far along. With this many new guys, you're hoping at that point they've really started to coalesce and become something. And that's a venue where they can absolutely win. St. John's has, has had a hard time getting their fans in that building at points. They're also a team with a coach who I think is a little bit on the hot seat and some high expectations. And Georgetown should get a lot of fans there. I think it'll be an entertaining game. I think it'll be a fun game to watch, hopefully. And anytime you got Georgetown and St. John's playing at Madison Square Garden, I mean, that's just fun. It doesn't get more biggies to that. Definitely. Definitely fun. I can tell you one thing. If it is on Championship Sunday, I, I am not tuning into a Georgetown-St. John's game. <laughs> uh, and they could be playing in my living room. Now, moving on with the <laughs> Georgetown team, this is an uphill battle for them, to say the least. There are some silver linings on this roster that could make them um, not compete for a Big East title, but look for noticeable improvement, something mm-hmm. to build on. What does success look like for a team like Georgetown? To me, for Georgetown, success is clarity first and foremost on the just the direction of this program you Mm. want to find out and you want to know for sure which direction things are going if you come out here and have a season where you're you got four big east wins you're in that kind of that weird you know it's just not a great spot to be and you want to know for sure if patrick ewing is the guy going forward or if you're you're building something new um and the other thing with success is just you got to win it's, I mean, you got to win more than six games if you're Georgetown. That's just, that's that's far, far too low. And I think they can, I mean, 10 wins. If we're, I mean, 10 wins feels like an incredibly low bar to set, but I feel like that's where we're at here. And they get 10 wins, a couple conference wins, not get shut out in conference play, and look more cohesive. Be better in March than you are in November. Is that is that what success is looking like for you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I couldn't agree more. It's just noticeable improvement. Just figure things out this season. Figure out a direction in which this program is heading. Figure out if Patrick Ewing can find that magic like he did in 20... I mean, we're looking at a team. A, a lot of people forget it was just 2021. They won the Big East tournament Yeah, in 2021. I mean, th- this, is, this isn't a fall from grace from when they were, when they were winning all the championships back in the, back in the 80s. This is 2021. I, I mean, success for them looks like noticeable improvement. Find out if Ewing's your guy. Find out what this roster is looking like. You got young guys. Denver Anglin's coming in. He's one of the best shooters in the conference. He hasn't even put it on a jersey for his first game yet. I mean, you got Denver Anglin, the Brendan Housens, the, the Baylor Shiremans of the conference. He's right up there. So I think you can build upon him. Build upon Brandon Murray. He's got three years remaining. Go get some guards. Just improve. Just be better. That's what success looks like for these Georgetown Hoyas. Yeah, it's crazy to think about the fact that we're less than two seasons removed from them 
going, I mean, not just winning that Big East tournament, they were competitive in conference play, seven and nine, only a game below 500 there. You flip one of those results and they're right there at 500. And you go back another two seasons and it's nine and nine. They're right in 500 and they had a decent team. They finished with 19 wins that year. That's, and that's kind of the story of Georgetown. It's one step forward, two steps back every other year. They should they should take one step forward, but they're at a point right now where they need to take two, three, four steps forward. <laughs> right. But getting that get that first foot in the right direction. That's all we're asking for at this point. I think that's going to do it for our Georgetown preview. Next up, we're going to be having uh, DePaul for you on the second day of Big East Mist. That's going to be in your podcast feed tomorrow morning. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Road to the Garden. That's Road, then the number two, the Garden. For all the content, you can check out all our, our written pieces on the site. Um, and there's going to be a written piece accompanying this. So make sure you go check that out to get the written preview for Georgetown. And we're going to be seeing you tomorrow. For Tommy Godin, I'm Matt St. Jean. Thanks for listening.